Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. And we are live. What is going on, Rich? Yeah, Arch just hanging out in Chicago. The weather's starting to get a little bit better, so I'm going to get outside and uh, do uh, some social disturbances and, and, and violate the stay-at-home order. I mean, the lake's going to get kind of crowded. No one's allowed to go there. Our governor and our mayor are threatening to find every single human being that goes out of their house, so... Figure they can't find all 8 million of us. So everybody in Chicago, Memorial Day weekend, let's get out there and enjoy the weather. That sounds good. So, yeah, are they really, are they going to post like, uh, you know, uh, cops at the beach and keep you guys from going there? No, they've done that already. Oh, they have done that already. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, we have First Amendment right in, which I, I think we have still. I'm, I'm not quite sure about that. But here in Chicago, they just literally fined three churches for holding services and last week, there's a Romanian church, people who escaped the communist Romania. They came here for religious freedom. <laughs> and our mayor, without telling anybody, so the way it works is you're supposed to give you a 24-hour notice when they put up these signs, these temporary signs, and make a like a no parking zone. So they put up signs on Saturday night uh, in a neighborhood that's a residential neighborhood, and a lot of older folks live there. And again, we're all supposed to be living the lockdown lifestyle. So probably a lot of people didn't go outside. They put up these signs that you couldn't park on the street by a Romanian church and then towed all the cars the following morning. So I can imagine a lot of people didn't go outside because they're obeying the, the stay-at-home orders, went to, to go get their car to maybe go buy some food or something, and it had been towed, all because they didn't want this church, this Romanian church for people who are escaping communism, to actually hold a Sunday mass. Wow. And they ended up finding these people towing cars. And I mean, just a, just a nightmare. I, that, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. That, no doubt that's going to end up in court. It has to. It has to. 
Yeah, no, no question about it. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, blocking people off at the beach. I mean, if they're willing to say, "Hey, your First Amendment rights have hence been suspended," yeah, I don't see how they're going to say you have a right to go swimming. <laughs> I guess they weren't thinking about uh, swimming when they meant freedom to assemble peacefully, and they weren't thinking about much. I apparently just, you know, they they certainly weren't thinking about COVID because Lord knows, had if they had. They would have certainly written that in there as a uh, caveat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, we could pick apart the Constitution, talk about it all we want, but we're here to talk about horse racing, I suppose. Yes, indeed. Yeah. The, you know, the tracks, the number of tracks is starting to swell up a little yeah. bit. You now we're up to 10 tracks running instead of like the, the two or three or four that were running in the weekends before. So we have a little bit more to choose from. Uh, some seven stakes races on the weekend. Three of them of the uh, of the graded variety, which are the uh, the higher level or the highest level of horse racing. We got two at the world's most beautiful track, Santa Anita. You have the fifth race, which is the uh, Daytona Stakes, and then you have I think it is the eighth race, seventh or eighth race. Let me look real quick just to make sure. It is the eighth race, and that is the. Um, Charles Winningham stakes. Wasn't that the guy on like, uh, what was it? The Gilligan's Island, Charles Winningham. Was that him? The rich guy? I don't know. I'm, it just Mr. sounds Howell? like that would be that kind of name. Yeah, Mr. Howell. Charles Winningham, Mr. Howell. I mean, they're both uh, aristocratic names, no? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very much so. And then we have the 10th race, which is uh, a graded race at Churchill Downs. It's the Matt Wynn Stakes, which is named after a guy, <laughs> Matt Wynn, who used to be the uh, president of Churchill Downs Corporation. Oh, wow. So you got a name, you got a race named after himself. Yes. It's good to have clout, right? Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that race now is a, uh, that Matt Wynn Stakes is a, one of five races at Churchill that we have covered in a wagering guide. Over and at it's Guaranteed not, Tip Sheet. Yes, indeed. Where we, okay. we really cover everything in the race in those wagering guys. It's a, it's a very good tool to have. Um, but it's now a Kentucky Derby qualifying race in a race that usually is run in June because the Derby's now moved to September. So you have horses that now not on the road to the Kentucky Derby, but on the detour to the 2020 Kentucky. Derby. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, what a long, strange trip it's been. Indeed. Well, hopefully, uh, It'll be over soon. I doubt it, but hopefully. Well, one way or the so other. We'll, one way or the other, yeah. it will all be over soon. In, well, yes. In Ultimately, in the blink of an eye, right? We go from babies to to uh, the gray hairs. Yeah. Well, I was thinking either, you know, freedom in the West as we've known it or, you know, the, the COVID thing. One of those two will be over before we know. COVID it. tyrants. Well, I know a lot of folks in my state are getting a little bit angry. So I think you're going to see uh, a lot of the governors that have taken these hardline stance start to cave in a little bit faster than they probably had originally thought they would. Mm, that's always good. I hope so. So we'll go off to where a state there's a little bit more freedom in horse racing. We'll start with the most beautiful track in the world. And if, if you've never been to Santa Anita, it really is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful track um, set in, uh, in the foothills of the mountains there. And it's, it's really a nice place to go visit. So if one of the things on your life bucket list is to go to a horse track, Make sure you visit that one. That would be my uh, number one pick of all tracks. There you go. Yeah, I definitely need to check it out. You've been hyping it up so much. I got to go see. 
Yeah, it's really a nice track. Um, so the first race is a five and a half furlong race at the Daytona Stakes. It's a grade three for $100,000. That's the prize money. And you would think with these fast, these short races that speed would be like the, the mm-hmm. key. But actually it's not. So only about 52% of the horses win uh, with a speed horse. Kind that, of, sounds pretty, uh, one quick, that sounds pretty dominant. 52%? Is that not dominant? No, not when you consider that there's four kind of – you have early speed, so the front runner types. Mm-hmm. Then you have what's kind of what I call tracking speed, so they kind of run right off the leaders. And then you have the next group, which is the um, – what I would call kind of like the stalkers. So they are like the third pack of horses. And then you have the closers. So when you break them up, the two go together, the two early speed type horses, and then like the stalkers and the closers go together. So 52% from half of the pool and 48% from the other half of the pool. So it's, okay. it's really not dominant. So when you're looking at horse racing, I would say dominant would be anything over like 60% is a real edge. 52% is not really much of I got you. an edge. Okay. So you're not going to, you know, like football, you're not going to really make a lot of money if that's your sole uh, angle. No, no, no. It's close. You're, you're, you're close. You, you need that extra 0.4%. <laughs> it just keeps you in the game, right? It's like when you yeah. play golf. You yeah. suck for 17 holes. You finally hit a great drive off the 18th. Your approach shot lands four, you know, four feet from the pin, and then you tap it in for a birdie. And that one hole out of 18 is the whole motivation for coming back to play again. Yeah, right, right. And it's, most of the time, I don't even have that. It just seems to me that's what happens to me. Like I get off to a good start, kind of blow up a little bit in the middle, start thinking about breaking clubs and tossing them into the lake and never playing again. And mm-hmm. then that last hole, you have one or two good shots and you're like, you know what? That's how I should play all the time. Right, right. It's a lot like it's a lot like pursuing women, you know. Yeah. It's miserable and painful. And then you finally get to the end and you're like, all right. And it makes you forget of all the misery and work you had to put in to get there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And then <laughs> Well, we'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we know uh, speed's not that big of a factor. No. So looking at this race, there's really four. It's seven horses in the field. And I think there's four horses that are pretty much evenly matched. So you have the number two horse, Steubens, mm-hmm. who is the uh, it's three to one morning line odd odds. You have the five horse, Cistron, who's the favorite at five to two. Um, you have the six horse wild man, Jack. Uh, well, he's actually the favorite of two to one. Uh, and then you have the seven horse Texas wedge. So, you know, kind of segueing into golf a little bit, I guess there, uh, my pick here to win is Texas wedge. Ooh. He's run at this distance uh, seven times and he's won four of them with a second place and a third place. He should rate right off the leaders. So he'll be in a, in a position to strike. Um, if the leaders go out pretty fast, which I suspect that they probably will because of the nature of the race. Mm-hmm. And then behind him, I have Steubens. Steubens is uh, not run since the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. So uh, for those not familiar with the horse racing, the Breeders' Cup is second probably behind the Triple Crown, so like the Kentucky Derby, the Belmont Stakes, and the Preakness. In terms of quality, it might actually be better because – all the best horses in the world come run at the Breeders' Cup. So the fact that you qualified for the Breeders' Cup uh, turf sprint means that Steubens is a really good horse. Just hasn't run since November 2nd. 
but he has been training uh, very strongly. Two bullet workouts, so it means the fastest time in the, in the training sessions uh, of any horses that trained at that distance that day. So two out of the last three bullet sessions, and he's won two out of three at Santa Anita. So he's familiar with the track. Then my favorite name in the race is the Wild Man Jack. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a horse that's run five times in the United States before taking off to the United Arab Emirates where they have the big, big, big money races, right? So they got a lot of that oil money over there. And apparently it's the sport of Kings for real over there. (laughs) And uh, he's in the U S two wins, two seconds and third at the distance. And even at the United Arab Emirates, he won a a grade three race, a big stakes race over there, um, piling in some money. So He's a horse that's probably going to be near the lead. Sometimes when horses have that big travel, you see that they need a race before they hit their form. So like when he left the States and in his first race in Dubai, he finished fourth. Second time around, he won. So I I think you might see the similar type action out of him, uh, out of Wild Man Jack in his first trip back in the United States. If he's ready to roll, he can win this race. That's why he's the the post-time favorite. But I think he might need one before he's ready to go. And then finally, the five-horse Sistron. He ran the highest last race speed figure. He always seems to run high race speed figures, but he's not a horse that wins a lot uh, for the kind of production that he's putting up there. He's got 14 trips on the Santa Anita uh, tracks but only two wins despite the high number. So that's why I have them rated for you. Just can't get two alternate horses on this one. No, there are two alternate horses, the three and oh. the one, three Murad Khan and one Sparkyville. I just don't think that either one of them is going to probably find their way into the money in the short field. So I'm concentrating all my, um, my wagers on the top four picks. Okay. I like the two, six, seven um, with the two, five, six, seven in the exacta. And then the same numbers in the trifecta, except what I've done in the trifecta is uh, I went two, six, seven with two, seven with two, five, six, seven. So any one of our four horses can finish first. And then with the, um, the top two horses, one of the two of them has to finish second. So what I'm kind of hoping for is to get the odds in the, in the right order with the highest odds, winning the second highest odds, finishing second and the, and the lowest odds in the third spot. That okay. way we can turn, uh, you know, some favorites into a decent ticket, hopefully, and not really buck up a lot of money because I don't expect the payouts to be, you know, out of hand or anything like that. I expect it's going to be a pretty small payout in that race. Gotcha. gotcha. So now we can jump forward to uh, three races to the eighth, the Charles yeah. Winningham Stakes. And this is a, an interesting race because they start on the grass, they run down a hill. Then they make a left turn over dirt, kind of like back in the old days with the uh, Oakland Raiders would play in that stadium. (laughs) The infield was still dirt. Yeah. So that's what it kind of reminds me of. And then they take two turns around the Santa Anita turf course. So it's really kind of an interesting thing. Downhill over dirt and then turn twice. So it's kind of a quirky race. One of the more quirky races that you're going to see in the horse racing circuit. So, um, Looking at it, we have uh, number five, United, as our top pick. Mm-hmm. So let me uh, fast forward on my computer screen so we could talk a little bit about uh, Mr. United's past history. Uh, so he's um, he's 
it's six to five morning line favorite. And he's had, unlike all the other horses on the in this in this field, in this why I have him on top, he's run over this quirky surface three times with a first, a second, and a third. So it's old hat to him. Okay. Well, I, you know, sometimes, you know, when horses run on an unfamiliar type surface, that grass to dirt to grass thing, I, I was kind of surprised from watching those races that, you know, you just don't see the horses kind of, at least one race kind of trip over the the, the surface change. Mm-hmm. So in, in United's three, um, three runs over that surface, he's got to win a second place by a neck. So he just, or a head, he just missed. And then the third time, he actually did clip his heels on the dirt. Oh, so it kind of, and he finished uh, second by three quarters. So I think that that experience on that track should help him, um, and that's why he's probably six to five. So I, I see him as a, a, it's kind of like a single, if you will. The next two horses are both um, the six and the seven. They're both five to two, morning line favorites. So the odds maker sees them as the second horses, uh, kind of a tie. You can't really split a difference. Mm-hmm. The six horse ran his best and the highest last race speed figure for this group, winning by five and a quarter at Santa Anita, but it was only at a mile and an eighth. At Santa Anita, he has a win, two seconds, and the third in five starts, whereas the seven horse hasn't run at Santa Anita before. Uh, the reason I like the seven horse a little bit better is because he's run eight races, Piled up $193,000. I almost mm. said million. That would be like the most winningest horse ever. <laughs> He's piled up $193,000 in, in eight races. Whereas the six, you know, he's banked $188,000, but he's done it in 11 races. So it's taken him three more races and he's won less money. So that tells me that Rock Emperor, the seven horse, has been running against different competition mm-hmm. than Originaire has. And as a result, I would expect that to show up on the track. So the better horse should uh, finish in a better position. Our fourth pick is Desert Stone. He's the rail horse. He's raced at Santa Anita 10 times, three wins, a second, and uh, two-thirds. And he's a horse that's going to be closing at the end, which I think is probably the best fit for this kind of uh, quirky track. doesn't really play out in the bias like that. Um, but still you see that um, closing horses, I think, will have a better better opportunity to win than the speed horses. So I like the five to win, so I'm going to put him straight up on the top, and then the six and seven behind him in the exactus. And for the trifecta, I'm going to go five with six, seven, with the one and the two and the four. So those two horses are a little bit longer shots. Hopefully the Ooh, longest yeah. one can come off the uh, the two. The multiplier is 10 to 1, making his second start after a layoff. And trainer Peter Miller wins 28% of the time with that second start off a layoff. And the the four horse, he's 30 to 1. He won his last yeah. race. He's switching from uh, – he's going to only make his third start on the turf. But on the, on the, on the wet dirt tracks, he's got – a second and a third in two efforts and a little handicapping um, angle for you out there is if a horse is making a first time start on the, on, on turf or he's relatively lightly raced on turf, take a look at their wet dirt record. Cause a lot of times those two things translate for whatever reason. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. 
yeah, it's just a little tip out there that you, people might use. I found it to be helpful too, because a lot of times you just don't know. Yeah. And that's a good tip. And, and a lot of horses do, you know, that do run on the dirt, find themselves eventually running on an off track. And when they do, it can be a precursor for turf. Hmm. So, so now we'll rewind halfway through the country to Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. It's the Matt Wynn Stakes, as we said, named after a gentleman by the name of Matt Wynn. And that's just like and a normal he, dude name, you know, Matt Wynn. It's not Thurston Howell the third. No. It's just Matt Wynn sounds I, like a normal dude. But you got to really wonder if Wynn is his last name. I mean, think about oh, it. He's yeah, the yeah. chairman of Churchill Downs, and his last name is Wynn. And it's not W-Y-N-N. It's W-I-N-N. Yeah, yeah. I think if you just put one in on there, it would have been too obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotcha. Oh. So at Churchill, um, this is a mile and a 16th. And there's a marking name in this race. Is, is The horse's name is Maxfield. Mm -hmm. And he's making his three-year-old debut, number 10, morning line favorite at five to two. And, I, you know, I'm kind of looking around on the Internet, reading up what people have to say. And it seems like a lot of the people are kind of fading them. I kind of hope they do fade him because I think he's going to be he's his history says he's the be, the best horse. He's been training as well as he has and his trainer says that he's definitely gotten stronger and more physical from his 2-year campaign to his 3-year-old campaign. A lot of folks say that maybe a two-turn race against graded 1 competition might be a little too much for him from the get-go. I don't think that's the case the way he's trading training. And uh, if his training translates on the track, if you get five to two or maybe three to one or even two to one, it's probably going to look like an overlay. So that's the horse that I'm focused on. I know he's the favorite, but he's most likely going to be a luke lukewarm favorite simply because he's uh, recovering from ankle surgery in November. Um, but he's been training strong. His trainer says he's looking good on the track. Everything points to a, a triumphant return. Uh, when he gets back. And if he does, he's already got 10 points for the Kentucky Derby in September. And minus the COVID, I know they said they were going to try to make it to the Kentucky Derby. I don't think he probably would have been able to because they would have to rush him back to the track, in which case maybe injury, ling you know, mm -hmm. lingering injury issues might have uh, cropped up and maybe, you know, damaged his chances going uh, forward long term. But the extra rest, I think it's perfect fit for the horse. And, and that's even what the trainer says. It's an ideal fit. So, I'm on the, uh, the the favorite Maxfield here. Okay. The next two horses, the horse that's getting all the buzz is the two horse pneumatic Steve Asmussen train horse. He's coming off. Uh, he's undefeated in two starts. Last race was an optional 80,000 claiming victory. So he's taking a big step up in class two. A lot of people were happy that he ran a really strong race in his first two turn race. I'm, I'm not as convinced. And the reason is I like to see horses, even though they're running a longer distance, I like to see their fractions. So their times mm -hmm. to be somewhat similar, maybe a second more in the uh, mile long race than the uh, six furlong race. But in this case, they were about two seconds um, slower. Ooh. Yeah. So that tells me, even though he won by two and a half, I'm not so convinced that the field was a great field. Uh, because his time just doesn't tell me that he made a big improvement in terms of his um his you know his running speed. I mean, after, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what you know the fastest horse wins, right? Right. Do you do you, do you factor that in much, uh, Rich? Like a strength of schedule kind of thought process? 
I do, you know, I, I, I do like to look at key races. So if you see a horse that maybe finished second in a race uh, and then the horse that beat him or, or maybe the horse that finished mm -hmm. third behind him came out and won the next race at a higher level, th that tells me that um, that horse, that race was kind of better than, uh, than the level that they ran at. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't always work out that way because, you know, horses are animals and, you know, they can change from race to race. But I, I do look at the previous competition and based upon that competition, you know, horses that are running competitively against better fields, I'm going to expect them to continue to run competitively against better fields than a horse that's just making its way into that level. Once it proves he can do it, then yeah. Right. You know, it, it's kind of like the stock market, right? Past performance is not a guarantee unless you ignore it. Yeah, exactly. I got you. That's cool. I just wanted to know. So it's good to know horses aren't always consistent. They're not consistent like pro athletes, like uh, you know, Jameis Winston, for example, you know, the hallmark of consistency. Well, I think he is consistent right? in, <laughs> in the wrong way. <laughs> oh, man. Now he's just not consistently perfect. And that's why that's they, they, they made the move that they made. So the horse that I, you know, the horse that I see maybe coming in second, that's, is the 12 horse major fed. He's five to one morning line. And I think mm -hmm. people might overlook him. So I wouldn't be surprised to see his odds maybe go to six to one, eight to one, you know, hopefully higher. And that's because the horse has um, a history of troubles when the race just gets started. So four races, two of them, he's had trouble out of the gate. Two of them, he's run a clean race. In the two that he's run a clean race, he has a win in a second. So the trainer's well aware of that. Uh, Greg Foley's been working on that with the horse. He says he thinks he's got the gate issues worked out. And, you know, we'll find out when they hit the track on Saturday. But if they do have the gate issues worked out, he's going to get out, probably be running around fourth or fifth. And then he's got a pretty good late kick, maybe one of the stronger late kicks in the race. Although speed is been the key factor so far at Churchill at a mile and a 16th. Traditionally, it's about a 50-50 split. So it doesn't really have a favorite uh, running style. We'll see if uh, they reverse back to the mean. And if they do, then, you know, closers like Major Fed and um, Maxwell should do even better than they have in the past. Or Maxfield. I don't know why I keep Maxfield. on calling yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our top three picks are Maxfield, Major Fed, Pneumatic. Um the next group of horses, I kind of have all bunched together. That's the six horse, NY Traffic. The last time uh, we saw him, he ran a nice second to Wells Bayou. And um, at the time when we talked about him, I said I didn't think his speed could hold mm -hmm. because there was other speed horses in the race. But he just kind of ran second all the way around the track, and no one really uh, was able to get to him. And if you remember, he came out of the turn. He even kind of ran sideways for a little bit. So I was really surprised that people didn't catch him. When horses run sideways like that, that's a sign that they're really not in peak form. They don't have that core strength, right, to hold that tight turn. Mm. But he should be in better shape now. He's had some time off. And, again, this distance has favored horses so far since they reopened in just six races last, you know, from last Saturday and Sunday and yesterday at Churchill. Five out of six have been speed horses. Only one other speed horse in the field. And that's a Celtic striker. I think he's uh, the, the six horse. Oh, no, he's the, uh, what number is he? He's the four horse at 20 to yeah. one. But against better competition, he hasn't been able to hold that speed very long. Last time out, he ran into grade three, which is the same level as this race. And he finished 42 lengths behind mischievous Alex finishing dead last. So 
came out of the gate fast and then just couldn't keep up. And I don't think he's going to have the, the staying power today either uh, on Saturday. So NY traffic could have a chance to get up on the front, run modest fractions. And if you see the first half mile is running uh, 48 seconds or more, then NY traffic's going to have the legs to finish. If you see it's under 48 in the 47 change, 47 and a half, if it's under 47, I think he'll get passed for sure. So keep an eye on that. And, and that's going to be the, the big key. You're going to have to have him in your tickets just in case he can go out there and run fractions mm -hmm. that uh, he can control and then have the late kick to, uh, to hold off what I think are better horses. Uh, but because of that unique position he's in as the potential lone speed, uh, you can't, you, you just cannot not have him in your tickets. And then the other two horse um, that I have, attachment rate is the 11 horse. It's another horse that I think is going to get overlooked. A lot of the online ink towards him is that he doesn't have what it takes to finish up uh, in a longer race. I don't necessarily agree with that. He's making his second start off a break. And in his last race, unlike pneumatic, he cut his six furlong fraction despite adding an extra 16th. So going from a mile to a mile and a 16th, yet he ran faster mm. by uh, almost two seconds. A lot of times you'll see that show up uh, again in the next race. So I'm hoping he goes up in odds five from four to one to five to one, six and one. Mm. His second start should be better than his first start. And if the, uh, the fraction improvement is any inclination of what's to come, I think he's actually got a chance to maybe pull it off and win. And finally, our last one, our long shot is the rail horse, Mystic Guide, 15 to 1. And he's also uh, coming off a win, breaking his maiden, which means it's the first time he's won. And he did so uh, stretching out to a two-turn race, five-length win as the favorite. Unlike Pneumatic, um, he actually showed a big improvement from race one to race two, although it doesn't show up in the times, but it does show up in his speed figures. Um, if he's able to put his best race together, I can see him closing hard at the end and maybe picking up a piece of third, fourth, maybe second. So the way I'm betting this race, the way I'm looking at it is I'm definitely putting Maxfield on top. I might pair him up, even though he's our fourth pick with New York or NY traffic simply because of the speed race and then have uh, pneumatic and major fed behind them. And then uh, for trifectas, kind of the same strategy. Maxfield with uh, NY traffic, even though he's our fourth pick, with uh, major fed, pneumatic, New York traffic, and Maxfield. And then, you know, our whole six horses behind them for third. And that's the way we see the stakes races, the greatest stakes races this weekend. And uh, hopefully uh, we can continue in our winning ways. And yeah. that reminds me, you know, last week we were supposed to get together, but our schedules didn't mesh. Right, right. And I think maybe somebody had a voodoo doll out somewhere and was poking me because I had one of the worst weekends I've ever had. And uh, so I don't know who it was. I don't know, Arch, but uh, hopefully we have a big bounce back weekend, which is, uh, you know, which is our norm. Well, so you couldn't pick anything right that weekend, huh? Last weekend? No, no it's just one of those weekends, man. I, you can, uh, it was crazy. I, I just, you know, same thing I always do. Went through the thing, spent a lot of time on the horses, looked at every single race, and I just couldn't get nothing right. And I don't know, you've maybe had that feeling, hopefully not. Uh, but when you're sitting there looking at it, nothing goes right. You know, you have that like, it's almost like having a really bad hangover where you swear you're never going to do it again. 
Yeah, no, no, we've all had those days. Oh, hell yeah. I've had those days. Yeah. I called that the month of June last uh, last MLB season. I couldn't pick anything in June. Yeah, the month of June curse. Well, we're heading into June and baseball is going to start. So you might oh, uh, I don't you might do opposite picks this year in June. I, well, I'm not even sure how I'm going to play this with, you know, with a, such a shortened schedule. 82 games. You think they're even going to play? I don't, I, the players seem like they're hell-bent on uh, – I'm bankrupting the owners. Yeah, they do. I don't understand that. But the baseball union, that's been, you know, that's been the yeah, that's been the union, man. They're, they're the ones that don't crumble, that don't, don't ever back down. They're the anti-NFL players union. Yeah, you know, I think I, I mean I don't know if the owners are really opening up their books and sharing them, but um, you know, I told my son, even without when when they said the owners wanted a 50-50 split, I said I can only imagine how much money they're losing because there's going to be nobody in the stands. You know, yeah. how much of the, what's the gate per game? So I don't know. I, 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 you know, millionaires and billionaires fighting, you know, I wish I was in that sort of argument with somebody, Good problem but, you know, nonetheless, you know, I kind of understand the owner's point, you know, we're not selling hot dogs. We're not selling peanuts. We're not selling tickets. You right. know, we're not making anywhere near the, the amount we are. It's kind of an off kind of thing. And 50, 50 split seems kind of fair to me. Maybe that's their opening bid and they're really hoping for 60, 40 or 40, 60, but, you know, it just seems to me that the baseball players should have a little bit of give, too. Oh, I would think so. Oh, man. So, yeah, hopefully we get some baseball this year. Um, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Screw it. I don't even want to think about it, man. We better. Yeah, no, well, football's right around the corner, so we're yeah, not that far away anymore. Right. Well, you know, maybe maybe Fred Manford could make Baseball Island, you know, just like, uh, just like Dana White wants to make Fight Island. Yeah, maybe they can make baseball fight island. (laughs) I would pay money to watch some baseball fights in the octagon, the way they just kind of push each other and pretend that they're fighting. Yeah, and then we can throw Tony Ferguson, the Terminator, in there. (laughs) And they all can take turns punching him in the face, and he'll just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. I don't know. You you said you watched that fight, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was – I never seen a guy – take so many shots and it just reminded me of like the Terminator move. Like he'd go down, fall apart. And then like the metal would turn into like this mercury ball that would all kind of come back together and he'd get back up. Like one of those things at a, at a car wash, you know, those like goofy things that blow in the wind. Yes. And then get back and, you know, take a lot, you know, four or five more shots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like my dog. Right. I just, when I play with my dog, she loves to play and, you know, I can hit her as many times as I want playfully, of course, for all you PETA people out there, but she just keeps coming back for more. She's relentless. And that, that's kind of what he reminded me of. <laughs> You've already lost the PETA people. You're talking horse racing, Rich. They, yeah, well, already, that's they, true. They, they hate you already. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I love them though. <laughs> you love everybody, Rich. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving not a fighter. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, about that Tony Ferguson, it's like Jesus, Rocky Balboa would say try try and avoid a punch every now and then. Yeah, he just like put his chin up with a bullseye and said, Here you go. Wow, it was crazy. I could take everything you got for 25 minutes and then uh or at least 24 and a half minutes. But that that was a crazy fight. But it was a good certainly good to see Dana White come back. I that guy does, you know, he's uh you know, he doesn't take any BS and he's a hard charging guy and he's showing the way and Hopefully other sports will follow suit and find out, you know, I think the key is going to be that fight was what last weekend, two Mm -hmm. weekends ago. Right. So if there was any, uh, you know, any COVID news, it's going to start to emerge in the next couple of days. It's a 14 day incubation period. Hopefully nobody got sick in any of the fights that they had. And 
you know, it, it can give the other sports confidence that they can return to the field of action without, you know, really worrying about compromising everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a good point. Hopefully fingers crossed. It all goes well, but yeah, Indeed. I, love, I love the Dana White's such a dickhead about that. He just, <laughs> he doesn't care. No, he doesn't care at all. Yeah. I mean, you watch those post-fight interviews. It's, uh, you know, you, you kind of want to cheer the guy, even if you don't like him, you're like, yeah, you know, the guy's got convictions and he's following, mm-hmm. him, which is, yeah. uh, kind of rare nowadays i in some respects yeah i mean roger goodell hides under his desk apparently all the time jesus so yeah yeah but but of all the of all the nfl commissioners though he's the one that's seemingly having the you know the brass pair right now because he's like no we're playing we're going through with the draft we're doing all of these things whereas the other guys are kind of equivocating a little bit well that's true i guess it's not try, it's not hard to be the biggest badass when <laughs> your competition looks like that no when you know no because the baseball and uh, in basketball, I'm not sure if the play- if the players have to go out and publicly say we want to come back, that kind of tells me they really don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. All right. Real quick. Is there anything in the stock market we should be keeping our eye on? You know, stocks are kind of going sideways right now. So um, there was a company I found out there because I, you know, I like to do a lot of research in terms of insider buying. And there's a company, uh, Crane, symbol of CR on the, I think on the New York Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. And the one particular insider, I forget his name right now, but he, um, he, a few years ago, he bought when Crane was at like a 10-year low. And then he sold when Crane was at about a 10-year high. So that's the old axiom, buy low, sell high. And now he's back buying again. So I looked at some of the fundamentals of the company yeah. and if they hit wall street's projections, not for 2020, because God knows what's going to happen in 2020. I think it's beyond predictable the next six months of the year. I think that's a fair um, assessment of what's likely to happen. But in 2021 things, we should have a really good sense of what's going to go on. If there is or isn't a vaccine, which I you know kind of lean towards, there won't be one history says that'll likely be the case, but if we can through therapy and medicine, manage it and, you know, cut the, uh, the, th- time down that people are sick with it so forth but anyway if they do hit their earnings projections um at the at the average end it's got about 50 percent upside over the next 18 months and if they don't hit their projections and they, they they come in at the low end and the low end of valuations stock would probably trade around 35 bucks so i think you got roughly a two to one um reward to the risk ratio over the next 18 months that includes like the three and a half percent dividend that it pays. So I, I think that's a, you know, for long-term folks that don't mind owning an industrial like stock, uh, the insider there saying, you know, showing me great time buying low and selling high back to buying fundamentals that say it could go up about 50%, you know, at the average PE and at its earnings estimates seems like a pretty, um, pretty reasonable thing to, uh, to put in your portfolio if that's, you know, it fits your profile. I gotcha. All right. Good to know. Oh man. So is there anything else? We we, we talked about that one, that one, that one uh, VIR pharmaceutical stock we talked about a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. No. What, what happened? That thing popped 10 10 bucks on uh, during the week because uh, they, one of their antibodies, I guess had some success with COVID. So hopefully some folks out there got that one. You know, I got a little bit of a wild ride, went up 10 bucks, fell back seven. So, but it's still, you know, good news. Yeah, I got a message, a direct message about that. Somebody was very, you made somebody very excited out there. Like well, saying, that's good. Hopefully they up. get excited with Crane. <laughs> yeah. Good. 
Oh, man. So anything else going on in your world we need to be aware of? No, that's about it, Arch. You've got to go outside and uh, do some of the spring cleaning, fixing my deck. You know, the, the, these uh, people advertise that their paint won't peel. And then two years later, the, the whole deck is peeling, kind of like me after a couple of, you know, three or four hours in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you a light-haired man? No, actually, I got dark hair, but for whatever reason, the brown hair, brown eyes, born in the summer. Well, not really brown. They're kind of like more hazel. But, you know, I, I in the first first bout of sunlight, um, you know, my winter chafed skin go, I go out and I get red like a tomato and then I peel. Uh, and then after that, I don't really have a problem with the sun anymore. But that first time through the sun, that first cycle, you know, I, I'm, I'm shedding like a snake. Mm. Well, you're, you're going to benefit when Bill Gates starts to block out the sun for us. So you won't get a sunburn anymore. No, well, that'll be good. That'll <laughs> cure global warming. Right. Oh, go back and watch Highlander 2, everybody. You'll see what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on there. Hey, speaking of which, yeah. and you guys want to watch a good show, if you have uh, yeah, Showtime yeah. on demand, take a look at a show called Action. It's all about, um, you know, betting football primarily and uh, DraftKings or the uh, Daily Fantasy Sports. Really an interesting show. It's uh, one that will keep your attention. And, 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 you know, all of us that like to – put some money on the line. I think it'll, it's very appealing. It's a little bit older, so you're going to have to look it up on demand, but definitely worth your time. Yeah, no, I, we need to all check it out. That's for sure. All right, Rich. Well, I hope you have a good weekend, man. Hopefully it's not a repeat of last weekend. No, no, because you put your voodoo doll away, so I'm ready to go. Things are going to go back to normal. It's true. It's true. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, Arch. Have a great weekend. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.